you've got your Bible, would you open to John chapter 8 as Sarah reads the scripture this morning? John chapter 8. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, We were not, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I am not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the word of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Read him God's word. Yeah, thanks. Well, we're doing a one-off sermon. Next week, I will begin introducing the book of Luke. We won't really dive in fully until uh, the first Sunday of September, but next week I'll be doing an intro because we're going to be in Luke for a number of months, and so I want to give it some give a real sense of this book and uh, the background and some of the context of it. So as I was praying about sort of what I wanted to say this week, I just have a very, very simple word, and then I'm going to unpack it for you. Um, Just prior to what Sarah began to read today, here's the word that I wanted to to give you. This is John 8, 31 and 32. Just listen to this, because this is really the takeaway for this morning. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Let's hear that again. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So I've been reading this book. I like history, and so I've been reading among, I read four or five books at a time, just because I, I don't know, 
scattered or something. Uh, one of them is called The Splendid and the Vile by Eric Larson, and it's a history of the Blitz. That is uh, Nazi Germany's attack on London in 1940 and, and the, the response of the, that island to the attack. And uh, it's a great book. It's kind of taken from diaries and other things, but it's um, I was struck by his description of um, Joseph Goebbels and the ministry of what they called enlightenment and propaganda in Germany. And uh, his job was to control all the information coming out of Germany. This isn't a political thing. This was, this is, listen for the spiritual analogy here. 1932 to 1945, he supervised and regulated everything people heard and said it was all true. And much of it was true, and some of it wasn't true. But here were two stories that really struck me. One of them was that he released, he decided, because of the Luftwaffe, the German uh, Air Force being so strong, he decided that he would make it even stronger. So what he did was he created planes that didn't exist. They had a really strong Air Force, much stronger than Britain's and really than anyone else's. But Goebbels decided, let's just build planes in our mind that don't exist. So the Henkel 113 became a drawing that then he sent out that it was actually real. And so they released all kinds of information out there about what devastation this plane not only would wreak, but was wreaking. The reports began to come in about a month later of all the sightings of the Henkel 113. Uh, airline, uh, I mean, the, uh, the fighters for the British, uh, Air Force began to report dogfights with the Henkel 113. Two people rep- said they shot one down, and one person claimed they had found it as it landed. It didn't exist. But because the lie was so convincing and was rooted in the truth, because the Henkel 111 and 112 were staples of the Luftwaffe, He was able to convince a wide swath of people that something that wasn't at all true, no truth at all, convinced them to act in ways that were not resonant with the truth. Second story. The the Blitz was going to begin in late August or early September of 1940. Every night, airplanes were supposed to go over and just begin bombing towns and ended up bombing London. Um, before the bombing started, they had already taken France, and so they set up transmitters. It's not far from France over to England. And they began to engage people who spoke uh, British English to begin to s- say, um, here uh, these terrible Nazis are, and they are going to be coming over, so here is what you have to do to avoid problems, here's what happens when the bombing starts. And so people found this on their radios and began to tune in and take their cues from the Nazis. The Ministry of Propaganda set up this report. And it was rooted in truth, which was bombings are coming. But here was the purpose. The purpose was to to sow such anxiety and terror in the people who were going to be experiencing, and they gave way worse 
Hundreds and hundreds and thousands of planes would be coming overhead. Every home would be bombed. You are, you know, you, you, you simply have to flee and run in panic. And so people were hearing this thinking it was from friendly sources and it was from the enemy. Their goal was to remove Winston Churchill from power and to create a political unrest that would get someone who would kowtow to the Nazis. They didn't succeed, thankfully. Why do I tell you the stories? Well, Jesus, in confronting the Pharisees, makes this statement. The devil's your father, and he is the father of lies, the author of lies. Second Corinthians 2 says that we should not be ignorant or unaware of the devil's schemes. Second Corinthians 2.11. Don't be unaware of his schemes because Satan would want to outwit, it says. His major scheme is to do what his character is. Jesus said his very character is that of a liar. So that Satan's really, I would say his only tool with believers, that may be overstatement to say his only tool, but I believe it is his primary tool, is to lie to us. And his goal, he cannot make you do anything but he can influence just like the the Germans wanted to influence the behavior of others through lies. So Satan would like to influence believers to act in ways that are not resonant with God's word by lying to us. Let's hear again this key scripture. Jesus said, if you abide, which is to remain or to dwell in my word, then you are my followers or my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, truth is a funny word, because in our society now, in our culture, many people think of truth as simply that which is empirical. Empirical truth is that which is proven by our senses, right? In a laboratory, you can do it. And there's a certain element of of things that become True that way. We do prove certain things, but all truth is, cannot be proven empirically. If you believe there is anything beyond just the material world, then there are things that cannot be gleaned by what you touch, see, feel, hear. And Jesus says, my purpose in coming was to demonstrate and be truth. Not empirical truth, although he is empirical truth. He said, touch me. I am human. But what I'm going to teach you is beyond that. So, here is what I just want to say to us. We're fighting a foe who does not differentiate between truth and lies. It seems so unfair. It was interesting when I read the book. It much, it offended me to have someone manipulating truth. I just thought, that's wrong. Of all the things the Nazis did, like I thought to myself, that's bad. You should tell the truth. To deceive people is wrong. It is. And Satan doesn't care a whit. Satan's purpose, his goal, is to steal, kill, and destroy, to devastate our lives. He doesn't care about you. 
He wants to devour you according to 1 Peter 5.8. So we're fighting a foe who doesn't care. Don't let him outwit you. Okay, you have some, you have some work here for about a minute. So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you some lies that I struggle with. And then we're going to take a minute. I want you to think about, if you have something to write with or something to take notes on on a phone, I want you to think about this. What are the lies? Here are some of the things that I came up with that, um, I was struggling with this yesterday. Um, just getting COVID weary of decisions and whatever of, we're never going to be over this. Every variant's going to have another variant. It's just whacking me out. And the basis of that is there's no hope. There's no hope. And ultimately, even if the rest of our lives, which we've always dealt with flu viruses, <laughs> it's not like this is new, but the devil's scheme is to say there's no hope. So you you need to trust in what? Experts. You need to trust in others only. Don't look to God. God won't answer his prayers or keep his promises to you. That's a lie. And, and this goes back to the original lie in the garden. What is that? What's the original lie? He's withholding something from you, right? Did God really say? That's the original lie. God's withholding his best from you. He doesn't want that. Lie number three, I must, fill in the blank, I must do this or that to be right with God, to be acceptable to God. I've got to do something different than I'm doing. The only thing you have to do to be acceptable to God is turn to him, to repent and turn to him. That's all. Nothing else. Number four, I don't, I'm sort of embarrassed to think I even would say this because I don't, think this, but sometimes they act like this, there won't be any real consequence to that sin. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, I know the Bible doesn't say I should do this, but there, it won't be that. It's only hurting me. There won't be any real consequence. It's a lie. And this corollary is, it'll be pretty satisfying. Number five, and this is this falls under the, the lies of truisms that we hear or tend to believe. God just wants you to be happy. Just let go and let God just live out your own truth. All those kind of truisms that we hear or might, they're, they're rooted in a little bit of truth. There's some truth in some of those, but they're not true. Churchill famously said, like the law, the truth is so precious it has to be accompanied by a bodyguard of lies. Somehow the truth that's in the nugget we lose amidst the lies. I like, I like this statement. A guy named Tony Reinke said, truth, here's why I see truth. Sin is joy poisoned. Holiness is joy pursued. And sometimes postponed. Listen to that again. Because sometimes we make a false dichotomy. We think God doesn't want me to be happy. He wants me to be holy. It's a false dichotomy. God wants you to be happy and holy. But we sometimes think our happiness, we can do it our way. Listen to that again. Sin is joy poisoned. Holiness is joy pursued. 
and sometimes postponed. Number seven, this is not one I believe, but I hear it. The word of God cannot be fully trusted. It's a lie. Or it can't be fully understood. Now, there are some things that are difficult. I'll grant you that. It's not that I get everything 100%. But it can be both trusted and understood. So here's, I just want us to take a minute right now. We're almost done. But I want us to take a minute right now, and I just want you to ask the Lord, Lord, are there lies I'm believing about myself, about our world right now, about situations or relationships that I know your word doesn't teach, but somehow I mull over those things in the middle of the night. Lord, what do you want to bring me that's truth? I'm going to be silent for a minute and just ask the Lord to come and speak to us before I close. sense like the Lord might be saying that somebody here believes the lie that terrible things are going to happen to you. You're going to you're going to fall terribly ill, that you're going to be subject to something awful and you just know it. And the Lord wants you to know that's a lie. That even if something happens to you that is difficult, the Lord says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And that he has intended all things for your good, even difficult things. Lord, continue to speak to us that we might not be ignorant of the wiles of the enemy, but continue to speak to us that we would be aware of his wanting to lie to us, even in the guise of our own language, even in the guise of something that seems friendly and right. Help us not to believe and act on lies, but on truth, because you, Lord, are truth. Close with a couple of things, a couple of comments here. We hear, we often hear and receive lies by taking our cue from the world, by cultural norms, by what everybody knows to be true. Can I say something? It may not be true. You've got to decide, do I believe what God's word says or do I believe what 
everybody knows. And there comes a certain shame in our culture when you go against the flow. Take courage. He is truth. Secondly, I want to say that um, Ephesians 6 gives us the armor we put on. Ephesians 6, I'll just read two verses, uh, 13 and 14. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, stand firm, fasten on the belt of truth, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. So that truth, and then it says, to extinguish the darts of the enemy, we take the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. So between faith and God's word, we can extinguish the lies of the enemy. In Luke 4, which we're going to actually dig into in a couple of weeks, Jesus is tempted to believe lies. Satan comes and he tells him lies. We may be familiar with these uh, verses of Jesus in the wilderness. And uh, the lies range from God won't meet your needs, so take these stones and turn them into bread. Jesus as a human faced the same kind of lies we face. We know he put God's word in the devil's face. He knew his scripture and he put God's word there to do that. But let me close as we, as we know God's word is going to be our, our best weapon. In Luke 4, 13, it says the devil had ended every temptation and you can really read those temptations were just lies he told. And here's what he says. He departed looking for an opportune time to come again. The word opportune there is the word kairos, which we think of as that moment, time, that exact right time, kairos moment. God looks for kairos moments as God moments. The devil does as well. Be aware of when you're weak. Be aware of when, you know, I, I was having a day yesterday where I was just like, oh, I just want to give up. I just want to chuck it in. It was a Kairos moment. And I had my daughter and my wife and others saying, God has a plan. Don't be an Eeyore. God has a plan. And, you know, I have to keep telling myself the truth. Here's my encouragement. Tell yourself the truth. God's word is true. It will be proven today, tomorrow, and forever. Stand on it. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, you have said that no temptation has overtaken us, but such as is common to all people. But you are faithful. So, Lord, I don't know the lies, the temptations that the devil would want to foist on any one of us, but I know that when we are tempted as Jesus was, we have the armament, we have the weaponry at our disposal, your word, to stand in truth, to stand for love, justice, and peace when the world is devolving into chaos. Help us, O Lord, to walk in truth. Lord, when the world would be led around by its nose, help us to know that we will know the truth 
you who are truth, and you will set us free. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are now going to share in the sacrament. If you haven't gotten, if you would rather not come forward and you haven't gotten one on the back table yet, you can feel free to grab that. This sacrament is for those who believe in Jesus Christ, who trust in Him. doesn't mean you're sinless. It means that you confess your sin, that you believe Him to be the only Savior and that you're trusting Him for your salvation. If there is an unconfessed sin in your heart, if broken relationships, the Bible says you should confess those before coming to this table. All those who come confessing Christ are welcome here. You don't have to be a member of Living Hope or the EPC. You are welcome here if you trust in Jesus. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank You for the gift that You are to us. That You who are truth sacrificed Your life for us. Let Your body be broken, Your blood spilled as a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. For on the night You were betrayed, You took bread. And when You'd given thanks, You broke it. And you gave it to your disciples and you said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took a cup of wine. And when he'd given thanks, he gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink this, every one of you. This is my blood of the new covenant shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Therefore, Lord, we take this bread and this wine as a sign of our complete and utter dependence upon you for our salvation. That we bring nothing, Lord, in and of ourselves, but we hand you our sin. And you who loved us from the beginning and while we were yet sinners dying for us, we now have, having had our eyes opened by the Holy Spirit, come confessing our need, partaking of this sacrament to align ourselves at the foot of the cross, bowing in holy worship to the only true and wise God. These are the gifts of God. They are for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ sacrificed himself for you and be thankful. If I could ask Tom and Sandy to come up and they'll be holding the elements while we worship. By row, if you want to come, just take a wafer or the darker gluten-free if you have gluten issues and just dip it into the wine. And let's honor him as we come and partake together.